0: what winners do they don't they bend but don't break
1: brad i told you i was like researching that and uh the reason i haven't written anything on it is because there wasn't really enough that i felt good about to be like oh this is worth writing an article about but um what i what i found is um there's a like a strong correlation between like red zone defense and just like overall defense defensive like points per game allowed stuff which makes sense there's also a strong correlation between just not allowing yards and not allowing points, but then the two together zone defense and overall defense don't correlate at all. So it's kinda like either thing works. You can bend but don't break, or you can just be good the whole time. Both of them huh. are fine. That was what I came at that was my conclusion, but I didn't feel strongly enough to write an article seems, about it.
0: Seems kind of like common sense, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Like it's it's kind of one of those things where it's just like yeah, if, if, if the other team just doesn't move the ball, they're obviously not going to score points. But if you do let them move the ball and stop them in the red
2: zone, that, that still works. Unless it's the Bears against the Panthers. hello
0: and welcome to the fourth and short podcast this is your week one edition to kick off the nfl season where the panthers will face the dallas cowboys at home really looking forward to that i'm joined by brad and john brad how are you doing tonight
2: i'm well thank you
0: and uh john how are you doing
1: did you know that i think this is like the second home opener we've had in like eight years it is. Like,
0: yeah, we've only had two.
1: Yeah, this I feel like we always open on the road and close on the road. We're just, we're just an afterthought. Yeah,
2: it seems that way.
1: So that's 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 fun. And then I guess, in a sense, we're opening on the road again because we're playing the Cowboys, and they're gonna Cowboys fans are gonna take over Bank of America Stadium.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, like we're Panthers fans are selling their tickets for like quadruple what they're worth to Cowboys fans. So I mean, I it's would do be...
2: that, too. To, to be fair, I would do that, too. <laughs> I mean, me and John have talked about this in, in our Slack chat. I'm sorry, Panthers fans. But if a Dallas Cowboys fan says, hey, I'll give you a thousand dollars for each of your tickets. I'm taking that deal every single time.
1: If someone says I will pay for the rest of your season's tickets for this one game. I don't I'm care doing what team it. you're a fan of. You, yeah. I'm, I will take my free season tickets.
2: Yes, I am absolutely doing it every single time. You can be mad at me if you want for not respecting the culture or whatever. The game comes on TV, and, <laughs> you know,
0: sorry. All of us all of us here at the 4th and Short Podcast, dedicated to Scratch Reader and the podcast, but, nah, F the Panthers, we're <laughs> good.
1: I mean, like my uncle's a season ticket holder and he his seats have face value are like forty dollars and he sold them each for like two hundred seventy five dollars. Yeah, like I, that's
2: crazy not to take that. I mean, I <laughs> yeah. like the Panthers. Don't get me wrong. I like black and blue, but I like green more. I mean, it just money Clever. is more important than, to me than two tickets to a Panthers game. Especially like the insane my part. price that these these Cowboys fans are willing to pay for them. Now, you know, if it's just like if I paid a hundred bucks for them and they're going to give me a buck twenty five, I, I wouldn't do it. I'd sell it to a Panthers fan instead. But if they're going to pay me ten times what I paid for it, you're damn right, I'm going to sell it. It's fair. That's called economic. So games.
0: <laughs> and we play to win the game, so. We have yes. the, we have um, week one debuting the North Turner offense against an NFL team in the regular season. Um, we obviously have some issues there on the offense with uh, guys like uh, Daryl Williams and Emily we are probably going to be out. Um, I guess the biggest thing that going into this game that I'm looking at as far as the offense goes is the offensive line, because that's, you know, the most up-in-the-air thing. So we know Taylor Moten is going to be starting a left tackle. What do we think about the right tackle situation? Uh, John, I'll start with you there.
1: I have absolutely nothing to back this up, but I saw somebody say that Ron Rivera's answer when asked about Daryl Williams in, like, a, in an interview kind of, like, hinted towards maybe he Darrell Williams will play. which Really? I think I said I think I said it when it first happened, like four to six weeks or four to eight weeks or whatever for those two injuries. And we're at five, I think, five and a half, something like that. Like, it's not I mean, I know that like him being 300 pounds makes you expect him to be on the the long side of that. But like, it's not unthinkable that he could come back from that kind of injury at this at this time, like as bad as they sound. The recovery time isn't all that long times but my knee a few times and the first time it happened to me i was able to play basketball in like two or three weeks like it's 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 not a true like it's super traumatic like long-term injury so it'd be cool if he played to answer your actual question um yeah if he doesn't i have no idea what we're gonna do <laughs> uh who, I, I don't even know is is the new guy the Robinson is he the next in line to play? Yeah,
2: I would guess either Boy like, Robinson or um, Brendan Mann could probably play tackle instead of guard. But other than that, or we'll the only do like the we'd... do the Trey Turner
1: to right tackle and put yeah, somebody and else what in guard. Yeah, that's why I was about
2: to say the only other option we would have is kick Trey Turner out to right tackle, which is a bad idea um, because that weakens yeah. two positions instead of one.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So you, so you think that uh, – you? so, Brad, you think it'll probably be Daryl Williams or do you think it'll be somebody else?
2: I honestly think that it'll be somebody else. I know that Daryl Williams is practicing. I know that the the optimistic outlook is that he'll be fine. He'll be ready to go. But I think they'll hold him out week one just to be safe because, you know, Ron Rivera likes to be safe. And <laughs> I I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, but I I think they'll they'll do the emergency option instead of putting Daryl Williams out there. I think we might see Corey Robinson play right tackle.
0: Yeah, that's what I think too. I think that's why the Panthers made the play to uh, trade for him before he hit free agency. Uh, I think like the emergency, like oh crap, option there. So I could definitely see him being in there. I mean, he's one of the only guys on the team who has any starts at right tackle who's healthy right now. So
1: a little yeah, concerning that we're we're pinning any hopes on a guy that we we traded for to 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 pick him up before he got cut by the team. He was our, that he was well, on at the time. You're,
0: you're you're assuming I have hope. That that wasn't what I was saying.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not see saying the thing is we we don't have hope. There's no way to have hope. He He's a former Gamecock, and as a South Carolina Gamecocks fan, I can assure you having hope is a foolish endeavor. Uh, Corey Robinson is not very good. He is probably not an NFL tackle. He was a defensive lineman and that converted to offensive line when he was in college, and he's made of glass. Like, he's hurt, it seems like, every time – He's called upon to play. He has a foot injury, or an ankle injury, or a knee injury, and I he might not even make it to Sunday. Like he might get hurt tomorrow in practice. So, you know, uh, don't don't misconstrue this as hope because it's it's decidedly not hope.
0: It is just dead cold logic, is what it is.
2: So, just
1: stating what we think will happen. No, I mean,
2: yeah, and yeah. honestly, to be honest, I think that a that Daryl Williams at 75% is better than Corey Robinson at a hundred percent. So, you know, even if he's not fully ready to go and even if it, it could potentially cost him the rest of the season playing Daryl Williams is the, the best actual move for the health of the offensive line. I just don't know if they'll risk it.
0: Yep. And Then at left guard, we probably would be looking at what Greg Van Roten there.
1: If Sealatillo doesn't play, uh, that would be the hope, regardless of Sealatillo's help uh, or health. But I think it's Sealatillo's yeah, job if he's healthy.
0: I mean, I think Ron Rivera has uh, pretty much handed him the job there if he's healthy. So, as I don't much to the chagrin of. All of us. i don't <laughs> i don't
2: get it i really don't ron is the <laughs> only person that sees any value in amini Silatolu. like mm-hmm. that's it he's he's abjectly terrible and he must have tapes on on ron like that's the only thing that makes sense because he's really not good at all i don't know if it's just
1: like in practice and like every time they do like one-on-ones he just always wins his matchup and then just like can't figure it out in the games or what but it's just like i just like i think the perfect like example of a mini seal of tools when he had to fill in i can't remember what game it was but he filled in for one play and in that yes. one play he got steamrolled and like <laughs> and just like tripped up another offensive lineman and got and cam, cam sacked, got and sacked then, for like nine was, ten
2: yards yeah, yeah. i was going to mention and the it was punted, and then he
1: like yeah, it's like that. Like that's the guy we're like, yeah, we, we're set at guard. We got that guy. He's like Byron
0: Bell, but playing left guard instead. He he spends a lot of time on the ground. You know, he he's so.
2: actually worse than Byron Bell, if if that's believable or not. He the only offensive lineman I have ever seen for the Carolina Panthers that's worse than Amini Silatolu is Nate Chandler. Like that's how terrible he is. I have never I seen anyone worse other than nate chandler
0: and we have another converted defensive lineman playing tackle for us here coming up so it's a it's a great great omen right there it's good stuff um
1: so to get away uh, well i was going to kind of segue with that the cowboys pass rush i don't think is worth fretting over i know they have what demarcus lawrence is that his name
2: yeah, they have Demarcus yeah. Lawrence and Randy Gregory. They have a decent pass rush. It's probably okay. the best thing about their defense, other than Sean Lee, who, according to Skip Bayless, is better than Luke keekley But for the six games a year he plays before yeah, he gets for the, six, for the, for the for the six hampshirts Yeah, for the six quarters of the season he plays. Um but you know, yeah, they've got DeMarcus Lawrence. He's really good. And that's the scary thing, is they're gonna line him up on our right tackle that we don't even know who that's gonna be yet. And, I mean, it's almost going to be an express lane to Cam Newton. The only good thing about it is at least it's the right tackle and not the left tackle, so Cam can at least see it coming.
1: Yeah, and I'm hoping Norv Turner does the whole, like, like we, uh, puts either Manhurts or Thomas out there. I course.
2: think Manhurts will get some action out there and, and help.
1: Yeah. But I think, I mean, other than that, like, if we can just – if we can keep it from like um I'm blanking on everybody's names right now. Uh what happened with the Cowboys on offense against the Falcons last year, where they gave up their left tackle gave up like five sacks single handedly on Dak Prescott, as long as we're not like that bad, I I feel like we can exploit their defense.
2: I agree with that. If we if we can give KM time I think he could possibly throw for four hundred yards. Like their secondary is a liability.
1: You're thinking of Daquan Bowers, by the way.
2: Yes, yeah, so I knew it was a Clemson
1: person and that like has not has not done anything for a long time and then just went ahead and sacked that got like matches career total in sacks in like a half. But oh, as long as we're not that <laughs> I'm saying as long as we're not that bad, like as long as Cam is able to like Get to the back of his, to the top of his drop without getting harassed at least occasionally, like Brad said. We can exploit their secondary. The
0: good news too is he's got some options on offense now too. Um, he can drop it off to Carson McCaffrey in the flat. Uh, apparently, DJ Moore is going to be more is going to be way more involved despite his uh, <laughs> lacklustre preseason. You didn't want to say more.
1: <laughs> he's more involved. That was funny. <laughs>
0: um. They have him. They have Torrey Smith. Like they have some speed where Cam can drop it off and let the guys run.
1: It's Curtis
0: Samuel, it. sadly. So,
1: yeah, Curtis Samuel. As much like as I criticize him, I was surprised he actually was listed as like the sixth wide receiver on the depth chart.
2: Yeah, that surprised me too. As much as I love him, it should be Demir Bird because he's going to be the least used guy. He's going to be. Uh, you know punt kick returner more than wide receiver so I, w- I was surprised to see Samuel that far down on the list
1: I mean to be fair I think Bird it, it, it's not saying much but I think Bird has shown more to this point in their careers than Samuel has but I don't know it's just I I would have expected Samuel to kind of get that spot by default especially over like over at least Bird or at least more like I wouldn't have been surprised or upset if DJ Moore was listed as the the sixth wide receiver. Yeah, right.
0: from what I from what I've read, though, all of them are going to be involved on Sunday. So, mm-hmm. don't have to necessarily analyze the depth chart and take yeah. that too far. Well, but Curtis um, Samuel
1: won't be involved on Sunday.
0: Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> that whole the whole minor heart surgery. Um, so looking at the defensive side um the Panthers have a very good defensive line to combat what from what I've heard of the Cowboys I was talking with the Cowboys guy yesterday on their podcast I thought the Cowboys had one of the better offensive lines in the NFL and he seemed to think that based on what they've been going through that their offensive line is uh maybe suspect right now
2: yeah, so, yeah I they're thinking- dealing with injuries they're Travis yeah. Frederick, their center, is dealing with some kind of um, disease. I don't remember what it's called.
0: I don't a, remember what it's called either. But it's a it's a disease. It's where a like,
2: numbness in his hands and feet type deal. Like he's probably not going to play on Sunday. He's yeah, not going to play
1: for like a few weeks. Like it's like for, a, for a it's, couple of weeks. Yeah, his like central his body's like immune system is attacking his like central nervous system.
0: He's and, actually lucky that they caught it this early because it could have resulted in full paralysis. So. Geez. Hearts out to the Cowboys and uh, blogging the boys. I did tweet at them earlier today and let them know the Panthers Nation is with that guy because that that really sucks. You
2: know? It's called Julian Barr Syndrome. For those who yeah. care,
1: do yeah. some do some research on it. But yeah, it's, I'd never heard of it or even knew that like such a a thing existed. Yeah, that's a scary. Apparently,
0: thing. in its worst stages, you can even have trouble breathing on your own. Yeah, I
1: did so, see that, like, it, yeah, you're, you're, well, basically, like, your lungs don't work or whatever, or your, your vital organs
2: aren't, like, the muscles in your, you can't contract, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, so, real bad, but glad they caught it early for him.
2: It's
1: crazy that they're like, oh, yeah, your, your body's attacking itself from within, uh, give us a couple months, he'll be back out on the football field playing professional sports.
0: That doesn't seem to be the case, Right now, that just he's currently he's back to free weights from what I saw earlier today. Yeah, but
1: I mean, um, like they didn't, didn't put him on IR or anything, which means there's they're hoping yeah, they, they he'll be back with the Panthers. They expect him to weeks. be back
2: in less than eight weeks because they didn't bother to put him on injured reserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: but but yeah, but for their offensive line, I I think like they kind of they're kind of riding that reputation that they got a couple of years ago. Um, but with Frederick out, um, I don't know if Lyle Collins is that great starting right guard as a rookie. So, it's not all Who is their who's
2: their starting right guard?
1: Uh it's Connor something. He was he was a second he was like a
0: a, a draft pick this year too and yeah, uh, a, according to the the guy I talked to with blogging the boys yesterday, he uh hasn't been playing so well either.
1: So He hasn't been. Yeah. So It's Connor Williams. Yeah, yeah so Connor it's a, Williams isn't good. Joe Looney's not good. Their interior lines for sure not good so and that's happens to be where we're strongest yeah you know strongest. i tell you who
2: could be an x-factor in this game uh is k1 short
0: yep. yeah and uh luke Keekley versus ezekiel elliot i think is the uh the premier matchup of this game um i have my mm-hmm. article coming out tomorrow aka today if you're listening to this tomorrow um, that was my my <laughs> top pick was uh luke Keekley versus ezekiel Elliott because elliot's gonna Elliot's gonna be a focal point of that offense. I mean, Alan Hearns, Terrence Williams, Cole Beasley, you know, they're not, not none of them are really world beaters when it comes to being a wide receiver. And obviously Jason Witten retired, Des Bryant's no longer on the team, so Elliot's gonna be the at least the driving force of that offense, at least early on. So Keekley is I
1: gonna see, see a lot of Elliott on
0: Sunday, in my opinion.
1: I said I said in my defensive preview, if you guys think the Panthers are bad about running on a first down, just wait until you see the Cowboys. Like I looked they they ran the ball on first down 61% of the time last year, which is by, which was the most in the league and I think the Panthers were like third or fourth cuz like Jacksonville and Buffalo were up there too. But 61% of the time they run on first down. It's just and like like fun. that's a heavy dose of Elliot. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, and a, a fun little thing too, um I don't really have any it up but last year's uh, front seven was one of the better ones I've seen with Carolina as far as stopping the run goes they were pretty consistently early on in the game just like getting guys behind the line of scrimmage so that's definitely a strength for the Panthers and obviously Shaq Thompson, Luke Keekley David Mayo they're going to eat there if it's you know regular one tight end two tight end personnel with a running back running the ball on early downs
1: I think Carolina yeah. has the edge there like I know, I know the irony, and me of all people saying that the, one of the keys to this game for the Panthers is stopping the run. But like Dallas is going to try to run the ball as much as they can, especially on first down. So if the Panthers just do do what we what they, we expect them to do, and that's bottle up a lot of those runs for little to no gain, like we get that puts Dallas in second, third, and long, and I, they don't have any weapons to, like, make the Panthers pay for being aggressive defensively.
2: Yeah, isn't their best wide receiver, Allen, Allen Hearns? Hearns
1: is their yeah. best, Allen Hearns is their best receiver?
2: I think yep. so, yeah. So Allen Hearns
0: is their de facto number one receiver, and yeah. I think Bradbury, no matter what question marks you have about him, is up to the challenge of guarding Allen Hearns. So. Yeah.
1: I know Gallup has looked good in the preseason, and I think Cowboys people are high on him, but he's still a rookie wide receiver, and – other than that one, that one year rookie receivers don't really do anything.
0: Yeah, so. I mean, like their their depth chart shows that he's fourth. So I don't know yeah. how how similar they are to the Panthers as far as like moving receivers around and using different personnel packages. But mm-hmm. it seems like of, of all the receivers that we could see being a problem, I could see Beasley maybe just because I don't know how like Captain Munroland hasn't looked great in the preseason and. I don't really like seeing Luke Keekley matched up on small wide receivers in the slot, so a problem, but it's not gonna be a one of those like oh Deshaun Jackson on Colin Jones type problems. So
2: it would be the most Captain Mullerland thing ever for him to get schooled by Cole Beasley though. Like you have to admit right. that. <laughs> it is Cole Beasley's Cole Beasley's gonna finish
1: the game on Sunday with like twelve catches for fifty six yards.
2: Yeah. And, and and probably their one touchdown that they get, yeah. or you know, yeah, something like that. Um, At least passing, I should say.
1: I and then like the other thing I alluded to in the preview is like I know we like to do the whole bend but break, don't break thing. It makes no sense to do that against the Cowboys because the only way they really score is by methodically moving the ball down the field and then punching it in from the red zone. So I think it would be best for us to just not let them get to the red zone. Like we said, there's no big play threats there. They had the fewest amount of 15-yard passes in the NFL last year. Like, and replacing Des Bryant with Alan Hearns isn't going to just, like, vault them up the uh, the rankings in that regard. So just, like, you know, be a little aggressive for once.
0: Yeah, Alan Hearns wasn't even that – he was good for, like, one year with the Jaguars. And then, like, Marquise yeah. Lee came on and uh... – Keenan Robinson, I think it is. Or Ke- Keelan, no, Cole. Keelan, Keelan Cole came on for yeah. them. And uh he he really didn't do much last year either, even with Allen Robinson hurt. So yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely a plus matchup for the Carolina defense, so it's gonna I think it'll it's gonna come down to what the Panthers offense does.
2: Yeah, this. it it reminds me a lot of the Panthers a couple of years ago after we lost Steve Smith and how we tried to rebuild our our wide receiver Group with a bunch of number three Mm wideouts and an offensive lineman. And and an offensive, yeah. So I I think that Hearns will probably get most of their targets. So, like, if you own him in fantasy, it might be a good idea to play him because they literally have nobody else to throw it to except for Cole Beasley. But I'm with you. I don't think it's going to really, really hurt the Panthers. Yeah, the much.
1: offense, if the offense takes care of the ball and doesn't just go like three and out repeatedly, like I, the Cowboys aren't, there's no way they're like the, the Panthers defense should let the Cowboys crack like 20 points on their own volition, like without the Panthers offense setting them up with good field position or direct scoring that way. Yeah. Right,
0: right. So, segueing into scoring, um, what do we think the final score is going to be? Brad, I'll let you start with that.
2: I think that it's going to be a 24 to 14 Panthers win.
1: Uh, Is is, is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. Go ahead. I didn't know Brad was going to elaborate.
2: I will say... He didn't ask me to elaborate. He just asked me what (laughs) I thought the score was going to be. Yeah, I forgot. I have to to
0: drag everybody through with this podcast. My bad. That's not true.
1: We've survived without you once. Um, <laughs> wait, I'll say twenty-eight to thirteen. Um, Panthers. Uh, yeah, I don't have much to elaborate either. So go ahead, Brian. What's your What's your score prediction?
0: Fourteen ten Cowboys.
1: That's not because true. Because
0: I no I I legitimately am worried about the right tackle position and. Norv Turner's offense is very much predicated on down the field passing, and I'm very worried about pass protection. Also, I'm a pessimist, and you guys know this, and I'm a little superstitious. So I like to pick it against the Panthers because I'm pleasantly surprised if they actually win. So I'm not,
1: I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious.
0: A little yeah, stitious, yeah. Exactly. That said, you know, Luke could pick off two passes and put up 14 points for the team, and that'll be all they need. So who knows?
1: I just, I just, I don't know. I mean, like you said, I, I'm on the more offense with Cam Newton at quarterback and Christian McCaffrey at running back and Greg Olson and the, at least semi-decent weapons we have wide receiver putting up 10 points against the Cowboys defense. That's like, they're not terrible, but like, they're not holding, uh, you know, respectable offenses to 10 points. I know the tackle position's bad, but a lot of teams, a lot of good offensive teams have bad tackles. We
0: well, have to remember, though, if, if uh, the Panthers lose, we look less bad because at least one of us was right. Where if we all pick that the Panthers are going to win, we all look bad if they lose. So that's, that's, I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring credibility <laughs> right, to this podcast, you're taking, John. You're just
1: taking one for the team and just, just, yes. just being a different voice. So somebody's right. So the podcast is never 100% wrong.
0: Exactly, got to be the contrarian, as you said earlier. So,
1: yes, uh, yes, and and you proved me right again.
0: God. Um, <laughs> so, do we think any of the Cowboys' quarterbacks are gonna be dabbing this weekend with the with broken collarbones at all? Just curious.
1: <laughs> Wait, what? Dabbing. I know a dabbing. I know that, but what are you... Who's who's breaking? You you never saw
0: that meme. You never saw that meme where it said who did the dab better with Cam Newton dabbing and Tony Romo on the ground with his broken collarbone.
2: (laughs) No, I never. No, I I, I don't look at memes. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) we don't subscribe to memes daily like you do, Brian.
2: I'm just
0: trying to keep this 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 whole operation up on the meme game. I mean, that's that's a untapped potential for this for this sports podcast. So. Um, but yeah, uh, any, any... <laughs> that's,
1: that's, that's really what we need to get into as a podcast is just verbal memes. It's just explaining memes through a, a vocal medium.
0: Hey, you never know, man, we got to change the podcast game up somehow. Got to
2: really, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts. There's not another podcast out there that verbally explains memes to people who can't see them. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure we would be, we would be breaking into that market. Uh-huh. I
1: listen to a podcast where they'll every now and then they'll break off and do a couple of verbal memes. But I will gladly do that. I know <laughs> you will. For all your sake. Um just a little a little behind peek behind the curtain for the audience. Um we have a Slack chat where we a CSR contributors discuss things with each other, and the majority of Brian's contributions to this chat are just randomly popping in with memes.
2: Sometimes that, an, that and an incorrect opinion about sandwiches that we're not doing this. Ryan we're not doing just
1: this. dominates that dominates the chat with like trendy internet arguments, memes and trend and Twitter fights. I gotta
0: keep these guys up in the game, man. Like we don't want to be we don't wanna be, we don't want to be the guys who are waiting six years to release a diss to, when when uh someone comes at us, you know, like Eminem. I'm not trying to wait yes. six years and release an album to to get back at that. I'm trying to be up in the times.
1: Keep, us, keep us modern. Keep us relevant. We appreciate it, Brian.
0: Yep. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Um, Very much. <clears throat> any lasting thoughts? Any any last comments we want to make before we? Uh, no. Take this off. No. Okay. No.
1: <laughs> Straight <laughs> No. Um. You were struggling with that question. I thought I'd help you out. Just go ahead and answer for you. you. Appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I was
0: looking for the right word for like end the podcast that wasn't just end the podcast, like curtail or something like that. But anyway, um, well, yeah, from all of us here, it's our podcast, fourth and short, um, we will enjoy watching the game on Sunday. Stay tuned and uh, follow along with us on Twitter and Facebook to. You know, keep up on the game. We'll, we'll deliver some nice, some nice jokes, some uh, some coverage here and there. Uh, we'll have the Monday morning optimist on Monday, along with our random evaluations going into week two. So, and obviously, we'll have another podcast for you next week. So, from all of us here at the Fourth Shark Podcast, this is Brian, joined by Brad and John. Appreciate all you listeners. You guys have a good Sunday and a good week one.
1: See you.
2: Later.
0: Keeps the football, takes off to the end zone for the touchdown. He takes the handoff and he scores. Avoided the Dolphins behind the line of scrimmage and took it in for the first touchdown of the night. Newton keeps, lowers his shoulder and takes it in for the touchdown. On second and goal, shuttle pass, McCaffrey touchdown. Handoff dive for Jonathan Stewart and he's in for a touchdown. That's intercepted by Keating. He has more of those than any linebacker in the league over the last five years. You know, it
1: is good, and Carolina gets a road win.